0: Well, you can be seated. Today's sermon is going to be just a little bit different. Um, we are going to look at Scripture, and we're going to dive to it and be challenged by it, but it's probably going to be one of the most practical scripture, uh, sermons I ever give. And I say that because normally I preach, or anyone preaches, and then it's, all right, now you go out and figure out what God means by that to you, right? Well, today we already have some of those answers that, uh, that we think God is calling us to. And so today, more, we'll be asking you to, uh, to listen to that voice of God and the ways in which you can connect with that. But today we're going to look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Matthew twenty-eight sixteen through 20. This is the Great Commission. And so uh, I invite you to turn there. Um, it'll be on the screen. And would you stand as we read it together? Even though you just sat down? In honor of the Lord's word today, we stand and we hear Matthew 28. Starting in verse 16. Then the disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain, where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus said to them, came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations." baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord, and we say, thanks be to God. You can be seated. Well, if you've ever spent much time in a church, you've probably heard this text before. Um, And if you haven't, um, this is... The very end of the Gospel of Matthew. This is where we're left with Jesus proclaiming, Hey, go and do. I'm leaving, but go. The Great Commission is actually the mission statement of the entire Church of the Nazarene. Making Christ-like disciples in the nations. That, that's what we're all about. Years ago, this church decided to align exactly with that and hone in on this being our misstatement as the local church. Because honestly... What better way than just right out of the Scripture? Everything that we're about is about making disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Every decision that we make, whether it's on the parking lot or on outreach or fixing the bathrooms or what tile we put down, we have to have in mind that our mission is to make disciples. In some ways, we've exceeded in this as a church, and in others, we've been lacking but we continue to strive for this. And we're never going to be good in every area and strong in every area. But, but we continue to strive exactly for that, to make disciples. Well, um, that great commission that we so often hear says, Go, therefore go and make disciples. And we can so easily get caught up in thinking, Well, that means I can't do it where I'm at. I have to leave. I have to go, right? Right? But that's not at all what's being said here. You see, the, the verb that's used there in saying go is, is, is more of a, an everyday kind of thing. So um, I've, I've heard it translated, and, and I've looked at the Greek, and, it, and it's, it's accurate. It, to say, as you are going, make disciples. As you are about your everyday life, make disciples. As you're living, working, eating, playing... We're able to be discipled and to be making disciples. We can, we can do it through our actions. We can do it through our words. We can do it with how we respond to things. But what does it mean for us as a church to always be focused on making disciples? About three years ago now, we began to form this vision statement of connecting to God and connecting to our neighbor because we feel like that really encompasses what we are about. We want to help people connect to God and connect to their neighbors. We want to be a place that adds value to our community and to our neighbors through loving them with the love of the Lord. In our Wednesday night discipleship this week, we, we, uh, we heard a story from Pastor Scott Daniels. And he told the story of Father Greg Boyle. You see, Father Greg was a priest in, in a very gang-ridden part of California very, very tough area to be in. Lots of gangs and violence and, and murder, and it's just a rough spot. Well, Father Greg got there, and he began to listen to his community and, and, and find the needs and, and what was needed, and, and he wasn't scared of the violence. So what Father Greg did is, as he opened up a bread-making store slash restaurant that, that would sell bread, but but what he did is he began to hire in these gang members that had no other outlet, that nobody else would hire them because of their gang affiliation. But you see, he didn't just hire one side, he hired from both gangs in town, from all the major gangs. And then these guys became co-workers, and, and they didn't just make money from mopping floors, but he taught them skill, he taught them how to make bread, and, and the different types, and and how flavorful it can be. And, and so it was just a great thing. And these, the walls began to be torn down in this community of these gangs. Well, that was so successful. that Oh, and, and that was called Homeboy Cafe is what he called it. Well, it was so successful that he later then opened a homegirl cafe. Where they began to, to sell pastries and bagels and things like that. And they got women who were a part of all the gangs in town, and they began to hire them and teach them skills and put money in their pockets that wasn't from illegal things. And, and transformation was beginning to take place. Well, Father Boyle was, Greg was a part of this denomination where it, it's not really up to the church or the pastor when you leave, it's up to, in our case, the district kind of. What the, the head leadership says all right, it's time, you're now moving, you'll be out in a month, you're going to go to this church, three towns over, so be it. Well, the the day finally came for that to happen to, to Greg, Father Greg, and he moved. And you know what happened? Father Greg had made such an impact on that community that all the gangs got together and they began to riot in the streets because he was no longer there. They united, they revolted, and you know, they sent Father Greg right back to that community because he had made such an impact that when he left, the community didn't know how they would survive without him. Can you imagine that impact and what it could be like for us to have that kind of impact in our community? Well... For us to become a Christ centered center for community, to connect to God and to our neighbors, we have to begin to think about what kind of impact we're having on our community. And we really need to ask ourselves if we, as this church, if we moved out of town tomorrow, who would miss us? Now, don't get me wrong, I think we're doing good things, and a lot of what we're doing is already important. But I know that we are capable of so much more. We're not currently a center for the community. But your church leadership truly believes that it's God's vision for our church. And we need to be about the work to make this happen. So here's that practical part. So Ryan, how do we make this happen? Sounds great, right? I could stop there. We could pray and we could send you out to go make a difference in our community. But... Today we're going to talk about some, some very detailed things about how the boards that this can happen. And, and honestly, these thoughts are still forming and developing, and, and they're not complete thoughts. But I wanted to share with you kind of the thoughts of the leadership. And, and we met last Saturday, and, and we... We worked through a, a SWOT assessment, which is our strengths, our weaknesses, our opportunities, and our threats. And we talked about success in our church, and, and we talked about some of the best days in this church, and we talked about some of the worst days in this church. But I think it's important today to be made aware of, of what some of those things are and, and how you can begin to get involved. So, Courtney, if you'd put up that first slide of, of our strengths. Now, I will preface this by saying, we had like a two-hour meeting on this. We could still be in that meeting talking about our strengths. And, and some of the things up here are on the strengths and the weaknesses, because we're good at it and we're lacking at it. Or there's, there's, there's spots where, you know, it all kind of intertwines. And, and this is all for the betterment of the church. So as I say these things, if you're involved in something that's a weakness... It, it's okay. We're not saying that we're terrible. It's just saying, hey, these are areas that we think we could, we could give some more energy and fuel. So I'm not going to read all of these. Um, but I will hit on a few of the things that, that we really felt like are important in each category. And, um, and there were a couple more that didn't make some of the slides just because if, if I had to get it all on one slide. So, so some of the things that were brought up as strengths for us as a church... One of them is welcoming. We've had several people, several new families and, and couples come in in the last couple of months and they've said, man, we just felt welcomed. We really felt like people were glad to be here. And I've, I've heard people say that even from that came 40 years ago that say, when I came to this church, I just knew this was home. So welcoming, that's an important strength for us to have as a church. Our location. We, we found a, a picture the other day of, of an aerial view before this building was built. How many of you were in Gainesville before this building was built? Okay, so about half. So for those that don't know, before this building was built, there was really nothing over here. There was a Kmart, uh, I'm all discombobulated, over by where Ingalls is. Is that where Kmart was? Where Publix, yeah, wrong store. Where Publix is was Kmart. But really after that, it was kind of the end of town. And... Uh, and and then we built when there was nothing over here, and so our location, God just really blessed us with, hey, put us here, and then town just kind of continued to extend and extend out, and so so many people drive past us every day, thousands and thousands of people, so that's awesome. Um, our music and musicians, uh, and I can't take credit for this because I'm only one person that's involved in it, but. There, for a church our size, there is so much musical talent, it's crazy. There are churches three times our size that, that would love to find, you know, one person that would be willing to play the piano. Um, so we're very thankful for that. And our, and our finances. For a church our size, our finances are incredible. And, I mean, of course, you could always have more money, but um, I just want to say thank you for that. That's, that's because of your generosity. And generosity is even on there. Um, we have multiple generations. Uh, our facility, we have rooms and spaces for the community to use. That's, that's a great plus. Um, our, the thrift store is a huge, huge strength of our church and, and outreach. And our church history, I mean, we've celebrated it a lot lately. But man, that is a strength. We, we know who we are. We know where we've come from. And, and we know that God has just been so faithful here. So, so those are some of the strengths, some of the things that the board discuss that we're good at, and we're good at other things, but, but that's kind of the, the list that we came up to. All right, Courtney, if you go to the next slide, and again, these weaknesses are not to say that we have failed as a church, but these are just to say, hey, these are some of the ways we feel like, you know, we could really improve as, as a congregation and as a church, um, so one of those is just capitalizing. We have such a great location. How can we use this location where thousands of people are driving by every day to, to, to be seen and know that, hey, we're here for you. We're not just up here for ourselves. We want to serve. Um, outreach, just getting outside of, of our group and trying to invite people in and, um, and serve the community. Uh, greeters, that's something that, that we'll talk about in opportunities, but set people that, that know what's going on and can answer questions and welcome people in. Um, Communication, we we continue always. Communication will always be a weakness and it will always be a strength because we can never communicate too much, um, but honestly never communicate enough. So you'll probably hear things a thousand times. Um, One of the things that that we're hoping is to get some commitment beyond Sunday mornings. Um, We're so glad for those that that worship with us on Sunday mornings, but uh, for us to really be a center for community, we need to do some stuff outside of Sunday mornings and, and be active and engaging in that. And we'll give some examples in a minute. Age-specific ministries. So we have a pretty strong young adult group, and, and that came about just because some young adults said, hey, let's get together once a month. And it happened. And so, um, and, and Lisa has put together a, a, an, adult Sunday, an adult Christmas party. And, and so things like that of, of just getting together age groups... Senior adults, middle-aged adults, young adults, kids, teens, age-specific things. Um, And then in all church fellowships, we all get together and and still have times where we're all intergenerational. Um, So again, some of the weaknesses, some of the things that we really feel like, hey, for us to continue making disciples, we're going to have to pick up on some of these things and, and strengthen them. All right, Courtney, we'll move on to opportunities. So this is really where we're going to spend a lot of our time today. And I'm not going to talk for an hour. I'm going to really try not to. Um, But we have a lot of opportunities with the strengths that we have and the ability to strengthen our weaknesses. There's so much that we could be doing. And so I wanted to run through some of these with you. And I actually might hit all of these just because I want you to know that this is kind of some of the thoughts of the, the leadership so a homeless ministry, uh, I found out that, that we used to be a part of that, and there's a couple in Gainesville that's really um, connected with that, so we might see about how could we assist them and in what way. Um, using our location, even just for advertising. If, I mean, we, if we put one banner out for an event, like I said, thousands and thousands of people are going to see it and know that, hey, that's closed, they're doing stuff. Uh, a couples or a singles retreat, um, just... A, a weekend to get away, focus in on faith, connect with one another, talk about marriage or talk about discipleship or, or whatever. Um, having those retreats is, is a big opportunity. Uh, putting a disc golf course on our campus. We really believe that this is possible with the land that we have and, and the community could use it and it doesn't take too much maintenance and nobody has to run it. It can just be set up. Disc golf is free and people could just be on our property uh, and there's already a group of us of probably 20 in the church that, that play and are interested, in, um, and there's a lot of people that, w- that would love to be a part of that. One of the opportunities is we need to hear the needs of our communities. They're, it's so easy to say, well, we have a lot of resources in this area, so we're just going to take them to these people and minister to them. When in all reality, we need to know our community and know their needs. If we pull up with a truckload of food and then we realize that all those people have refrigerators full of food, we're just assuming that we could have met that need, but we're not in the right place. And so um, I think that's an important skill that that some of you would have of really connecting and hearing needs in our community and being able to say, hey, we could do something about that. Uh, Having some handouts for communication Uh, connecting with community events. You know, like just a few weeks ago, Mule Camp happened. And uh, I'm not from Gainesville, so I wasn't really looking for it, but I heard about it like the day before, and so it was a little too late. But how how could we as a church connect with festivals and events that are already going on, and we could just go and be a part of and celebrate? Uh, Like-minded groups. We have a lot of people here with similar interests. So golfers and bikers and bakers, and, and there's even a lot of people here that, are, that have very similar life situations. They've, they've been through similar griefs or struggles. And so getting those people together can just be incredible and do a lot for, for the individuals involved. One of the opportunities is pr- preparing to embrace our community. Some of what we do around here is going to have to be preparing for new faces and new names. And and even new cultures as we strive for diversity. Um, I've, I've seen this happen in a church where new cultures begin to come, and, and people say, yeah, it's great. I, I didn't expect the church to smell different, but it does. <laughs> if we're really prepared for our community, we're not just going to look different, we'll start to sound different, and we even will probably start to smell a little different around here. As I said before, we need greeters, people that get here early and are willing to welcome everyone as they come in, that are here to answer questions as visitors come and, you know, that know where the the, the children's Sunday school is, that know where the adult Sunday school is, that know what times things meet and happen. Um, and, and we will definitely have training on that. Um, technology. We have a lot of technological resources at our disposal back here for making videos and podcasts and things so that we can... Can really get out for the community. Uh, we just we can embrace those a lot better. So that's an opportunity um, to embrace our sacraments and liturgy. We know that we need a, a specified teen area that that meets the needs, and we're kind of looking at what that is right now. But that's an opportunity. Um, building improvements. You know, uh, we've done a lot with the floor and the lobby and the painting and all that. Um, but I don't know if you've used the restrooms lately. They could use a little bit of TLC and some updating, and, and there's things that just around the building that are always going to need updating and continuing as our building ages that we got to stay on top of. And, and so building improvements are a great opportunity. Workshops. We can easily host workshops. This happened just a few months ago. Um, one of Melanie's friends came in and did a workshop for the ladies, and, and it was... Uh, it was Christ-centered, but it was just a good day of fellowship and, and, and things like that. Don't take a lot of effort. It just takes the, the idea and then making sure the facility is available and, and offering that. Uh, and also liturgy education, meaning why do we do what we do in church? Where, where did these things come from and why are they important? So those are a lot of the opportunities that we came up with. And um, there's certainly more we could talk for days but um, those are some of the, the top opportunities. Courtney, if you'll go to the next one. Now I want to talk just for a minute, and I know I'm talking fast. I'm just trying to get us through this and, and let you hear really the heart of the church leadership. So one of the threats to all of this becoming reality is lack of involvement. The, the church board is great, but if we count board and staff and me, I think we get to 11 or 12 people. And all that we just saw cannot be accomplished by 11 or 12 people. Uh, we could all work very hard and we're not going to get there. So we need um, people that are willing to be involved. And, and we'll get to that in a second. But we, we, if we want to see us continue making disciples, we've got to have some involvement. <laughs> a threat that we didn't ever expect... Two years ago when we did this, or three years ago when we did uh, this last assessment, was the pandemic. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that could put a little hindrance on things of, of developing. And so, um, so we had to put that on there of, hey, this, this is a true possibility to, to dampen what we think God's calling us to. The world and outside pressures, um, just politics and, and things that are decided. And, and so we recognize that that could be a threat of accomplishing all these things. One of the threats that we don't really like to talk about is our routine or our comfort and our preferences. Sometimes we like to do things that way just because that's how we like it and and it's been comfortable that way. But sometimes our community needs something different. And so we're going to be listening and and trying to figure those things out. A fear of what we don't understand. If we don't know our community, we're going to be intimidated by them. If we know our community, it's going to be a whole lot easier to come alongside them and become involved in their lives. And then lastly, the pastor-centric focus. I, just, I wanted to put that up there because it's, it's so easy to say, oh, I have an idea, let me, let me run it through the pastor, or let me give it to the pastor so then it can happen. If, if you come to me with something like that, my next question is going to be, well, how are you going to be involved in that? What ways are you going to help us see that come to fruition? Um, and, and, and some people are really good at that. Some people come to me and say, Hey, Ryan, I checked with Leah about this Saturday, and the fellowship hall was free, so I put together this thing, blah, blah, blah. and I say, Cool. Great. So awesome. So that can really become a threat for us. And, and Courtney, if, if you'll pull up the opportunities again, we're going to hang out here for just a few minutes. I know I've, I've I've thrown a lot of things at you, and in these slides I can put them on on we can get them on the website if that would be helpful, or, or get them so that they're in front of you in a place where you can access them. But I want to talk about one more thing that actually came up at the end of our time with the board in discussing this, which is how do we define success? We want to make disciples. The scripture tells us, as you're going, make disciples. How do we measure that? How do we know if we're really doing it? Well, in the days to come in this church, I think we're going to have to start to find success a little differently. You see, I would love to see this sanctuary overflow with people. Just as much, if not more, as you would. But at the end of the day, that's not our ultimate goal. It's not. Our goal is to be a center for the community that's making disciples. And I believe that if we truly strive to become that, we'll see new faces around here. And you yourselves will experience growth. If you don't hear me say anything else, after all that I've said today, I want you to hear this. I will never view church attendance as a reflection of faithfulness. I will never view church attendance as a reflection of faithfulness. You see, there are churches of 10 people that are turning communities upside down right now. And there are churches of thousands that got that way from things that are not in line with our vision. So if we're meeting the needs in our community, we're hearing the needs of our neighbors and being there for them, then we're being successful. We really, truly are. And I think that new faces are just the fruit of that. They they will come and be a part. So today, after all of that, A presentation and fast forward, our mission as a church is that as we are going, we want to make disciples. On Monday, we want to make disciples. On Thursdays, we want to make disciples. On Sundays, we want to make disciples. What we've talked about today is how we can possibly take the next step at doing that. I need just two volunteers, maybe, um, that are willing to pass something out very fast. Um, so, thank you, Jeff. And thank you, Trevor. If, if everyone would take one of these, I hope there's plenty. They're not cute because I made them. <laughs> um, but, you know, normally... We would present something like this, and then we'd say, well, I want you to go and pray about how, you want, how God is leading you and what ways that you can be involved. And today, I think that's important. We do need to be listening to how God is calling us. But ultimately, all that's on this paper is a place for you to write your name, and then you can list two or three or however many opportunities you can fit on there. I want you to list at least two of things from this list that stand out to you. And you know what? You don't get to take it home. As you leave today, I want you to put it in the offering plate. Because I believe that God can call you to do things and partner in things. But I know as you heard things today, you went, eh, that's not me. Eh, that's not me. But there was probably one Or two things that you think, yeah, I can get behind that. Or, yeah, I'd love to be involved with that. So I want you to just take a minute, put your name, put one or two of those opportunities on on that list. And in the the next couple of weeks, you're going to hear back from me on that. And what I'm just going to do is we're just going to form groups of people that are on board with one of these opportunities. And, you know, honestly, what I expect, I expect that one of these is not going to be written down on anybody's paper. And if nobody's interested in that opportunity, we're not going to use our energy on it. But I guarantee you, there's probably five or six of these that the majority of you are going to say, yeah. I'm on board with that, or I think that's a good opportunity, or I'd love to even hear more about that. Because I know if, if we left here today, and I just encouraged you, hey, be praying about such and such, that I would never get everyone's response at one time. And so today, this doesn't mean that you're signing up to run something, This doesn't mean you're signing up to be involved with it for the next five years. But this means that you're interested and you're going to hear about it. You're going to hear about how we're going to embrace this opportunity and you're going to be a part of it. Because I can't lead all these things, but as the groups are established, I think we can make some things happen. I really think that we can connect to God and connect to our neighbor. And I really think that we can make disciples (laughs) Do you believe that? We can make disciples. And it's going to look different. We're going to do some things the way we've always done them, and we're going to do some things in a new way. But we're just going to listen for the voice of God and follow that in each and every one of these opportunities. Melanie's going to come and sing. Um, She's going to sing a song about believing that God is going to do something miraculous And so I invite you as she sings to consider what, what you write down. But also I invite you to worship through this song and celebrate the God that we serve.